0: Hey there, friends. I am so excited for today's episode because I'm going to share with you five things I learned this summer. They weren't necessarily lessons I wanted to learn this summer in all of the cases, but I think there's going to be something in today's show for you. Hey friends, Heather Creekmore here. I'm so glad you've decided to tune in to the Compare to Who show today. Today I'm going to share with you five things I learned this summer. It's the end of August. A lot of us are back to school, back to routine, or at least trying to be given the state of the world right now. But I, I took some time off this summer. And I really thought that this would be time for me to work on my next book and just take a break because I'm not really good at resting and do some other things. And that's really not what my summer looked like at all. (laughs) But praise God, he has lessons even in the, shall we say, unexpected The lessons I want to share with you today span a wide gamut. I'm going to talk to you about the great news around my Hashimoto's disease and what has happened there. I want to talk about image more broadly than body image because that's an area I feel like God has been leading me in and opening my eyes to some interesting things there. I want to talk about control. And I want to talk about our journeys and what it looks like in the middle of our journey. So that is just a little taste of what is ahead in this episode. So let's get started. Lesson number one for me this summer was things are always hardest in the middle. Now, let me share with you why I say that. We decided to undergo a kitchen renovation project this summer. Now, if you've read Burden of Better, you've read all about my peeling, laminate, countertops. Oh, they were a beauty. I got some pictures of them if you want to see them. Um, But the peeling part is the optimal word there because they were peeling. And when you have countertops that are peeling, that means moisture gets to where it shouldn't be. And it creates problems. And these are problems that we needed to take care of before they took over. So we did a total demo on our kitchen, good times, and in the process ended up having to demo some floors and I tell you, things just kind of start... Steam rolling down a hill when you do renovation projects because, you know, one thing leads to finding something else that leads to finding something else and all these things need to be fixed along the way. Long story short, we were told we could do this renovation project in a month and so we had it all planned out because my husband and I were like super planners. So we had it planned out. We were going to be gone for 12 days and During this time, it was going to be kind of towards the end of the project. So we were going to come back and everything was going to be so close to being finished. And I was just picturing now, if you know me, you know, I have a little bit of a hard time with expectations. I was picturing like my HGTV moment, right? Where I came home to this completely redone home and all the things. It was just going to be like, we were going to go away, go spend some time with my family for two weeks and come back and boom, we'd have a new kitchen. Let me tell you what happened. We came back and they hadn't done anything the entire time we were gone for the express purpose of being out of here while they were working on our kitchen. So we are on day, I think this is day 59 of our 30-day project. When we got home, uh, all of the spindles were gone from our staircase. So it was like danger zone for the dog fortunately my kids are big enough to know not to like jump off the ledge (laughs) but uh, that's just a sampling of how crazy it was they had to put temporary walls up because there were structural things in our ceiling that needed to be changed and so there were like extra walls and beams and all kinds of crazy when we got home it was not an hgtv moment at all let me tell you what i learned from this what I learned and what God reminded me of, I took a picture of what our kitchen looked like the day we got home, and I put it on Instagram. So if you're not following me on Instagram, go to Compare To Who on Instagram, and you can find this picture. It reminded me of the truth that things are hardest in the middle, because in the middle, you can't see how bad your beginning was, right? You kind of lost perspective on how bad things used to be. Uh, you can't see, in the case of my kitchen, I can't see my peeling countertops, and I can't smell the molds growing underneath my cabinets. Maybe that was TMI. You can't remember clearly what it was like before. But neither can you get a good picture of after. Like, it it seems so far away. You have to completely demo what you have and start over. And and all you see is is really nothing, (laughs) right? And I was thinking about this as it relates to my coaching clients and so many of the women I've talked with and worked with over the years as we work through their body image issues. It is hard in the middle because in the middle, you kind of start to forget how often you used to obsess over your body. In the middle, you kind of start to forget what it was like to be in that prison. And yet, you don't have complete freedom. And you kind of start to lose perspective of, is it really worth it to keep chasing this freedom? I mean, it didn't really seem so bad the way it was before, you know maybe maybe I was okay maybe I've just been wasting my time on this journey and so the middle is super challenging you know it kind of reminds me of the story from the Bible where God saves his people from slavery in Egypt right so this is back Moses leads the Israelite people out of of Egypt, and they're going to the Promised Land, but if you know the story, they don't get there in a minute, right? It takes them 40 years and lots of drama <laughs> in there. But somewhere in the middle of that journey, the Israelites are sitting around, and they're like, you know what? Really, it wasn't that bad in Egypt. Like, yeah, so we were slaves, but at least we ate well. Like, that was a good time. I mean, it was so much better than eating this manna, and ugh, how much more manna Gonna have to eat, and they start complaining about being on a journey to freedom, being on a journey to a promised land. And so, anyway, my encouragement to you today is if you are on a freedom journey, know that the middle might feel hard. Oh, but friend, it's so worth it. Don't give up. And I will tell you that my kitchen looks so much better than it did a couple weeks ago. There are cabinets now. I have a pantry. So I was able to take food out of my bathroom. Yeah, doesn't that sound gross? I've been storing food everywhere to just get it out of the way. So I've had food, canned food in my bathroom, under my bed, everywhere. So we could do this. And finally, I was able to take that out from under my bed, out from under my sink uh, yesterday. So there is progress being made in my home. And let me tell you even more so, I know, I know if you are on a journey to body image or comparison freedom that God is faithful to help you make progress in your life too. Do not give up. Do not go back to being enslaved to your diet or enslaved to your scale or enslaved to your mirror or whatever it may be do not give up. God has freedom in mind for you too. Okay, that was lesson one. Lesson number two, let me tell you my good news from the summer. So back in June, I went to see my doctor. I go to a functional doctor. I love her. I drive three hours to Dallas to see her. She was looking at my blood work and many of you know, if you've read my books, I talk about this more in the burden of better, which you need to read that book. But I talk about how I have Hashimoto's. Now, if you don't know what Hashimoto's is, it's basically hypothyroid gone autoimmune. So it's an autoimmune disease when your thyroid is low, and so my thyroid has been low since around the time I turned forty. And right after I turned 40, they actually said it went into Hashimoto status, which is related to your thyroid basically attacking itself. Your thyroid is producing antibodies and they attack, you attacking your own body. And so anyway, this is a TPO antibody test. It shows up when you get your blood work or your thyroid blood work done. And mine's gone, friends. I do not have any trace of those TPO antibodies anymore. I technically on paper don't have Hashimoto's anymore. Now, they don't say it like that. They say you're in remission and they say can come back at any moment, all of those things. Um, But that was great news for me. So I'm praising God for that. And I know so many of you friends that are listening have thyroid issues and maybe even have Hashimoto's. And what I've noticed over the years I've been doing this is so many of my friends that have a story like mine of over-exercise, working too hard in the gym or outside running um, and restricting calories and going on all the diets and living low-cal for too long, you are facing thyroid issues now too. And so I share my story to encourage you of two things. First of all, it is not hopeless. You are not helpless. This is not the way it has to be for the rest of your life. You can get better, okay? But thing two, and this is where I really want you to hear me. So this has been a seven-year journey for me. And so I've had a lot of people say, what have you done differently? What have you changed? And I'm going to tell you what I've done, but I want you to hear me clearly do not do as I do. Because I think what I have learned is that this journey is so individual. All of my life, you guys, maybe you can relate to this. All of my life, I have been following what other people were doing, hoping it would work for me. So as soon as I was diagnosed with autoimmune, what did I do? I googled all the autoimmune like protocols, the autoimmune diets. Eat this if you're autoimmune. Eat this to heal autoimmune. I mean, I tried them all. And I most of them were hard to stick to, just to be honest. And I get frustrated and be like, I cannot eat this way <laughs> for more than like three hours. Uh, and or I would just I would just feel defeated. Like, well, I guess I'll never heal my autoimmune because I can't like do this rigid protocol and, you know, eat all the things it wants me to eat. And let me tell you, what that's not what I did that ultimately helped me. What I did was I started, wait for it listening to my body. Now, some of you are like, well, of course, that's what you should do. But you guys, those of us that have been on diets for most of our lives... We're not used to listening to our bodies. In fact, we have turned off so many of our body's natural signals. We've turned off the fullness signal. We've turned off the hunger signal. We've turned off cravings, right? Cravings we're told are bad. If you're craving something, you know, if you want a brownie, eat an apple, you know, those kind of things. And there's all these diets, tricks that we've used over the years that have messed with our brains and messed with our ability to listen to our bodies. And so what did I do? to heal my Hashimoto's, I listened to my body. And I started eating when I was hungry, right? Which meant kind of battling that intermittent fasting messaging, right? Because even though I haven't been on, quote unquote, on a diet for a number of years, those messages get through. And you kind of in the back of your mind, you start to think, well, you know, I'm kind of not eating for 12 hours naturally anyway. Maybe I should just like expand it to 14 or 15 and then I'm kind of intermittent fasting. You know, like there's all these tricks we play, friends. And and what I've realized over the last year and what I believe has helped me heal hashies or helped the Lord heal me of hashies is I have started listening to my body. When I'm hungry, I eat and I'm trying to eat what I am hungry for, not what I think I should eat, but what I'm hungry for. Because I've realized that the more I lean in, tune in to my body, the more my body directs me to good things. But when I don't eat what my body wants me to eat. When I try to ignore those hunger cues, I get to this place where I can no longer be rational about my food choices anymore. I go crazy. My blood sugar plummets. I'm starving for something that will give me sugar fast and I eat all the sweets, right? Or I just eat granola bars or just fast carbohydrates like sugar. How can I get the sugar into me as fast as possible? Like that becomes my goal. And so it Changing the way I've eaten to listen to my body, uh, some call it intuitive eating, has made a big difference for me. There's one other thing that's made a difference for me, and that is doing the infrared sauna. Now, my friend Erin Carey has an awesome podcast called Sparking Wholeness. I listened to an episode she did with a woman who had healed her Hashimoto's, and she used infrared sauna. And I was like, huh, well, that sounds interesting. And so I went, you guys, the first time I went... (laughs) I thought I was going to die. I was like, oh, my word. If I pass out in here, will anyone know? Will anyone come get me? Like, And you're just wearing a towel in there. And it's a private little room. But I was like, if I pass out in a towel, that's going to be embarrassing. Oh, all the fears were running through my head. <laughs> but I made it. And I decided I really like sweating. And again, if you read The Burden of Better, you should read The Burden of Better. If you read The Burden of Better, it's so ironic, right? Because I have a problem with sweating. Like I have a sweated... Is that the past tense of sweated? Sweat? I'm not sure. <laughs> but sweating's been an issue for me for a long time. I've always sweat when I didn't want to sweat. <laughs> And and so now it's the height of irony that sweating could actually be part of my cure. So sweating and detoxing your body is a really good way to help alleviate the stress on your liver and stress on other organs. And so I have come to embrace sweating on purpose. I actually joined an infrared sauna gym chain called Hotworks. They just opened one close to me and I love it. I don't always do the exercises in there. Sometimes I just go in there and sit. Um, But I think that's made a big difference for me too. If you are struggling with thyroid, my, my bottom line encouragement to you, friend, is listen to your body. Don't try to follow anyone else's journey. Pray. Ask God. You know, we consult Google and we consult every other expert. But do we consult the one who made our bodies enough about how to heal these things that are going wrong with them so he ask him ask him i know he will be faithful to lead you and guide you on your own journey to healing and we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back Are you tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out CompareToWho.me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send to anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy peace and rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course. Okay, lesson 3 that I learned this summer was from reading a book called Quiet by Susan Cain. I am a huge Among Us fan of this book. It is amazing. It is not a Christian book, but it's a book about introversion. And it is just mind-blowing how many ways this expectation of extroversion has permeated our culture and really become part of this image thing that we're supposed to uphold. And so what I learned from reading The Quiet Book is that I'm actually an introvert. And it's so funny, friends, because I take that ESTJ, Myers Briggs test, you know. I've taken that a zillion trillion times and I normally come out extroverted, but I'm I'm closer to the eye than I ever was before the older I get. But as I read this book, something just snapped for me. And I recognized that I used to be a lot quieter. In fact, in seventh grade, I think I tell a story in one of my books. In seventh grade, I switched schools from public school to Christian school because in sixth grade, I would speak so quietly that my parents got called in for a parent-teacher conference where the teacher complained that I did not speak loud enough in class. So even though I had the right answer, she couldn't hear me. And so that was unacceptable. I needed to be able to speak audibly. Now, anyone who knows me now knows that audible is not really a problem for me in terms of my tone. But what it made me remember was this resolve I had going from 6th to 7th grade of how I was going to be an extrovert. I was going to be outgoing. I was going to be different than I was. And friends, this has stirred so much in me and I can't wait to really share all of it with you because I'm going to put it in my next book. It's something I'm, I'm working on and still kind of processing through, honestly. But seeing how image is more than just body image. Image is really about all these different ways we present ourselves to the world, right? It's not just how I look. It's also, how do I carry myself? Am I nice? I mean, and then there's all these different levels of nice, right? Because you want to be nice, but too nice. Well, you know, you don't want to be a Pushover, you're not a doormat, but then, like, where's the line between too nice and too mean? And it's all so subjective. And it just kind of sent me back to it's the same as our bodies, right? Like, oh, you want to be thin, but not too thin, you know? Oh, and you have to have this kind of butt, but not like too much of that. And it's just there's all these different really intangible expectations on us as women when it comes to how we look physically, but also when it comes to how we behave. And so this opened just a whole new can of worms for me. Um, and so learning that I'm really an introvert has really helped me kind of reprocess some things. Like I realized, and I had to tell a friend of mine this recently, I was like, you know what? I don't ever plan anything. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I just don't initiate. Like, I do. My social calendar is filled with things that people have invited me to do. And I felt a little bad about that at first. And I was like, you know what, that's just kind of part of my introversion. Um, So anyway, it's been freeing in a lot of ways to realize that maybe God did wire me more that way. And that that's okay, that I can be free from this expectation to be this outgoing, extroverted person. Lesson number four, learned this on our vacation. You ready for this one? You may not be expecting it. You cannot control the amount of sharks you are swimming with. (laughs) Are you confused yet? So we go to the beach every summer near where my parents have a place in Florida, and This summer, it became abundantly clear that there are oodles of sharks in this place in the ocean that we normally swim. Now, last summer was the first summer we had ever seen any sharks there. And we saw them just because a fisherman had reeled them in. And we were like, ooh, they're sharks. Maybe we should go to the pool, (laughs) right? But this year, oh my word, the number of sharks we saw was unfathomable. In fact, one went by. And it was in like the first main wave that if you were going out to just kind of catch waves or stand in the ocean about, you know, maybe chest high, it was right there. And friends, this thing was so long, it made me gasp. It literally took my breath away. My daughter was sitting, my daughter's 13, and she was kind of just sitting, uh, I don't know, maybe waist, probably knee deep in the water and saw one just swim right beside her. And so we started to realize there are oodles of sharks in this water. So I started talking to a fisherman who told me he had lived in that area for 50 years. And I said, Hey, you know, it seems like there's more sharks since the last couple of years. You know, is it because they put this reef out there and just kind of, you know, speculating my theory on why maybe there's more sharks now. And this man said to me, he's like, I've lived here 50 years. I remember being out there as a teenager and seeing sharks just swim right under my surfboard and yeah, there's always been a lot of sharks at this beach. Now, let me give you a little context. I have been going to that beach for 20 years and it just stunned me. I was like, "You mean there's been these sharks this whole time?" When my kids were like four and five and six years old, and we were holding them out there in the ocean and encouraging them to get on their boogie boards and and swim, you know, in the ocean and telling them not to be afraid of the ocean, there were sharks the entire time. And you know, as I was sitting on the beach one day, I realized. I have no control over all the sharks in the ocean. And I mean that literally and figuratively, right? There's always so many scenarios in our lives where there are sharks, where there are things that we did not plan for, we did not expect, we do not want to encounter, and boom, there they are, and we can't control them. And what happened to us on this particular vacation? So, like I said, last year we'd see a shark and we'd get out. We decided, nope, we're not swimming with sharks. But we naively assumed that when we didn't see sharks, they weren't there. (laughs) But this year we had a lot more knowledge and we realized, okay, there are always sharks in the ocean. So, what do we do? And honestly, we swim with the sharks. We got in the ocean, we just lived. And it took a lot for me to come to that place in terms of releasing control and really just trusting God. Okay, God, you know, I am never going to be able to protect my family from all the potential sharks, right? But I have to trust you. Now, we were wise, right? We did exercise wisdom. There were certain times when you could see a bunch of the little feeder fish when you knew for sure that there would be sharks around. And so we saw this feeder fish. We would get out of the water until the feeder fish passed and you can see the schools of fish clearly. So when the schools of little fish went by, then, you know, we'd, we'd wait a little bit and then we'd get in the water when it was clear. But we don't know for sure that there weren't any sharks out there the entire time we were out there. And so anyway, my encouragement to you is is to trust, right? To realize we are not in control, but praise God, we know the one who is. And there are so many scenarios where we think we're in control, right? I thought I was in control with my kids in the ocean because I hadn't seen any sharks, that so they were safe Ugh how naive, right? There's so many scenarios like that where we think we're in control and we're not. And so my encouragement is just pray and let the one who is in control be in control. And then my last lesson I learned this summer, lesson number five, was I really believe that God showed me that body image issues don't travel alone. And this is what my next book is gonna be on. I was gonna write a book on marriage, but God kind of took me a different direction last year. And I'm really excited about the potential of this book. Please pray with me that a publisher will want this book and will pick it up. What I feel like God has shown me, I've coached more than 100 women now. It's been so amazing. I am enjoying coaching so much. So if you wanna do a session with me, I've got a brand new coaching page. Grab a time. You guys, we have so much fun in our coaching calls. I love getting to know my clients and just talking them through wherever they're stuck. It's been so amazing. But what God showed me through working with clients over the last several years since I wrote Compared to Who was that this body image idol that I talk a lot about, it sits on a stool right? And so our goal is to topple the idol. The stool that the idol sits on has three legs. The first leg is appearance, right? Like our body image, what we look like. And so a lot of the work that I've done so far has been just related to that, right? How do I get you to be more comfortable, more at peace with how you look? But what God has shown me is that Whew, this image idol isn't just a body image idol. It's about image in general. And that relates to so much more than just appearance. So the other two legs of the stool that I find consistently when I coach clients are approval and control. Now we just talked about control a little bit with my shark illustration, right? But a lot of times my friends that are struggling with the way they look are also struggling with control issues. And let me tell you, I've written on my blog. You can find my confessions of a control freak blog post about my wedding day. Oh, friends, control is a big time area where I have struggled, but control seems to be right there as like a BFF for body image issues. And then the third BFF, maybe it's, it's a click. <laughs> the third friend is approval, right? And so I love it when I work with clients and we're able to figure out whose approval they're really looking for, whose approval they're still seeking. Sometimes it's a parent uh, or aunt, uncle, a boyfriend from when they were 15. Someone's approval that they are still seeking and so amazing to kind of dig in there this three-legged stool that holds up the image idol has to be toppled. And so where this ministry is headed is into equipping you to basically rip down all three legs so this image idol can be completely toppled. And we're gonna talk more about that in episodes to come, but I just kind of wanted to give you a little preview that's something God showed me this summer pretty clearly, and I'm really excited to go there. So starting next week, next Wednesday, September 1st, Every day through the month of September, we are going to pray for your body image. 30 days, five-minute episodes every day or less. And I cannot wait to dig in, engage, and pray diligently that God would set you free from body image issues this fall. So that's what we're doing every day starting next Wednesday, September 1st. So I hope you've subscribed so you'll get them right in your inbox and you can just listen on your way to work, dropping off kids, whatever you do every day. Make it a part of your daily routine to listen to the show. And then let me ask something else of you. There is a good chance that you have a friend who struggles with this and maybe hasn't admitted to it, maybe doesn't even know that she struggles. Would you be willing to just send out a little message or put on social media for your friends and say, hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to pray every day this month for my body image. Who wants to pray with me? Who wants to join me? And because friends, I believe that the key to us finding freedom is finding community and accountability, right? And so if you are feeling lonely in your issues and are looking for friends to walk alongside you, I think this is a really soft and easy way to bring others in and to say, hey, okay, I struggle who else struggles? Let's do this together. So I hope you will do that. And then in October, I've got a talk to the dietitian series that's coming up. I'm excited about that. You all have asked me for more seven minutes of scripture episodes. I dropped the ball on those last spring, but I'm excited to bring you more seven minutes of scripture episodes. And, and I think we're going to have a great fall. So subscribe. And oh, hey, would you leave a review? Oh, Friends, please. Please leave a review if the show has touched you. That helps me so much because other people find the show because of your reviews. And if you have show ideas, if you have questions you want me to tackle, send those to me, Heather at compared to who.me. Please send them over. I would love to tackle them. And finally, if you're not an email friend of mine, hey, can we be email friends? Like I would love to connect with you that way. My email list has had some serious issues. In fact, if you'd signed up this summer and it didn't work the way it should, I am so sorry. I didn't know it wasn't working. But sign up. I will give you a free walking, it's a walk to lose the weight of comparison download. It's Kind of fun, I think. A friend told me it was corny, but she meant that in a good way, and she said she enjoyed it. But it's basically a guided walk to help you get free from really the trap and the burden of comparison. So sign up for my email list. me has been mostly redone, so you can take the body image quiz there if you've never been able to do that before. It works now. Praise God, that's been a journey too, but you can also get that free walking download and I, I think you're going to like it, but I'd love to know. So send me a message. Tell me if you like it or tell me if you think it's hokey. You, that's okay. I can handle it. Uh, anyway, I am so glad you listened today and I cannot wait to pray through the month of September with you. As always, thanks for listening. And I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com. Or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at Abide.com.